congratulations, you've had a baby. How amazing you welcomed a new little human being into your life. And you ask, what about my sex life? Should I? Could I? Must I? What do I do about it? These are some of the questions I'm addressing in today's podcast. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Dr. Neelima Deshpande, and this is V for Vagina, the podcast that dispels myths and misunderstandings about the vagina and empowers women to embrace their sexual energy, vitality, and well-being. In this podcast, I'm accompanied by Niranjan Medikar, the CEO and founder of Sounds Great, the company that helps me create and market this podcast. Niranjan is an amazing creator, writer, columnist, and an author, and his podcast, Sex Verbold Bindast, which is showed on Storytel, is one of the most listened podcasts in Marathi. He's here today to help me sort through the hundreds of questions I've started to get on social media and as well as in response to the podcasts I've done here before. A lot of these questions are very personal, very intimate, and I needed help to sort them out. Thank you, Niranjan, for helping me to answer these questions. Thank you, Nilima, ma'am. I'm back with some more questions. And here is the first question. I have just had a baby and my husband wants to have sex. I feel uncomfortable about this. Is it right for me to say no? Of course, it's right for you to say no. It's your body, right? But one question I'd like to ask you, or ask you to ask yourself is, if I say yes, what does it mean for me and my relationship? And if I say no, what does it mean for me and my relationship? Have we talked about this when I was pregnant? Sometimes it's important to discuss sex, when to go back to having sex, what kind of contraception you're going to use. How much gap do you want between pregnancies if you want to have more than one baby? And what's the effect a child is going to have on your relationship, on your finances, on your career? On your environment, relationships with your parents, parents-in-law, friendships, your social outings. All of this can affect how much and how soon you want to get back to having sex with each other. Yes, you can say no. You're the one who knows how comfortable you feel in your body. About engaging in intercourse. The factors of your delivery, your recovery from that process. Maybe you've had something called an episiotomy or you've had a cesarean section. Or you're having trouble with your bladder and bowel. It's just too uncomfortable. Or you're exhausted with looking after the baby all night. And this is not just something that can happen a few weeks after your delivery. These problems can come up up to a year, sometimes two years after you've had your baby. Each phase post-delivery can have its challenges. You can't do this alone. Society has changed. And nowadays, women who deliver babies are more likely to be managing on their own. And this is unusual. For most of human history, women who had babies were surrounded by other women who would help them. They'd help them cope with the pressures of breastfeeding, of staying up late at night, of having to go into the kitchen and prepare food, moving around, managing bowel and bladder. All of these things you got help for. 
And if you've just had a baby and you're in a nuclear family and you don't have any help, you're more likely to be exhausted and therefore have very little energy to give your partner or sex. So it is perfectly okay to say no. What I would encourage you to do is have an open conversation. Communicate what your needs are. When your physical and emotional needs outside of sex are met, then you'd be much more likely to feel desire again, to rebuild your intimacy with your partner. And then if you feel it's okay, you can proceed to intercourse. Thank you, ma'am. The next question is regarding vaginal dryness during breastfeed. The question goes like this. Why is my vagina so dry? I am breastfeeding right now and I want to get intimate with my partner and I have sex. But I am just so dry. Is it because I am not getting aroused or that I don't want sex? My husband is getting upset because I don't lubricate as I used to. This is actually a very common problem and it's got to do directly with the physiology of your body when you're breastfeeding. Uh, when you're breastfeeding, the hormone balance in your body is different to when you were not pregnant or uh, when you weren't breastfeeding. There is a high level of a hormone called progesterone when you're breastfeeding. And we know that progesterone-dominant states are often associated with vaginal dryness because there is a, a decrease in the amount of estrogen correspondingly. This is not the same as, you know, the kind of vaginal dryness you would experience when you're menopausal. And there are many reasons why you may not lubricate when you're breastfeeding. Uh, some common underlying reasons could be the fact that you're always on the alert because that's a natural thing. Mothers are always listening out for their babies, crying or something happening to the baby. So you're not fully in the moment with um, your desires, with how your body feels and um, into having intercourse the way you would have before you delivered your baby. The second reason can be you're exhausted. Looking after a baby is no joke. Staying awake, breastfeeding, it's hugely energy draining. Plus, you've got the pressures of time. You may have a very small window of time in which you want to get intimate. So your desire is very high, but you don't have the time it takes to get yourself aroused. And it can take a little bit longer simply because you're more tired and because of the hormonal differences. There is no reason why your husband should get upset because you're not lubricating if you've had a conversation about this before and spoken either to your doctor about the changes to expect or you've read up about it. There's plenty of books that talk about the changes in your body when you're breastfeeding. But the psychological effect it has on you is probably not discussed in so much detail. When you actually have a conversation with your partner saying, look, this is what's on my mind, even though I really, really want to have sex with you and I really want to get intimate and, you know, have a quickie. My body is just not responding the way it used to. And it's because I'm more tired, I haven't slept very well. My energy is drained because I'm constantly breastfeeding, changing nappies, washing up, cleaning up, tidying up and catching naps whenever I can. And I'm also looking after the house while I'm doing all this. Your partner will understand. If you find that you're dry or you don't get as aroused, it doesn't mean that you don't want to have intercourse or that you don't want to get intimate. It's perfectly okay to give yourself permission to use a lubricant and this can be a water-based lubricant. It is perfectly okay to ask your partner to pleasure you and to touch your skin and get intimate and close and not have intercourse if you're not ready in that moment. 
you might start off wanting to have intercourse, but when you actually get to the point, you feel that it's too much or you're too tired and all you want is to be held and caressed. As long as you've talked about this before and said that it's okay for us to go ahead with this and it's okay to say no in the moment, then you're fine. It's when you've created a story about the judgment of you saying no at the last minute because you're uncomfortable or exhausted or tired or you're just falling asleep in his arms, that's when you feel uncomfortable and guilty and upset. It's important to understand your partner's expectations about intercourse and sex after you've delivered. It's also important for him to understand that your body's changed, that your ability to deal with everyday stresses is different because of the circumstances of uh, delivery of breastfeeding and the energy drains it places on you, especially if you don't have much help, which most families don't. You know, many breastfeeding mothers today don't have much help at home, so they're busy being superwomen. And many women even go back to work. So just imagine the pressures you're under if you're working, you're looking after the house, and you're looking after a newborn baby. It can be tough. So opening up the conversation about being understanding about your sexual needs, preferences, desires, and how to navigate around these challenges is far more important than the actual act. The freedom to be able to say no is just as important as your freedom and desire to say yes. Thank you, ma'am. And the next question is like this. We are just not enjoying sex anymore. I delivered about two months ago, and when we tried to have intercourse, I can't feel anything. There is just no sensations. I can't enjoy sex. What's happening? This is a really important question that often doesn't get addressed because women feel so embarrassed to bring it up. Both women and men, because this complaint can actually come from a man as well. <laughs> I had a client um, some years ago who complained that she couldn't feel anything in her vagina and that's why she refused to engage with her partner or have any intercourse. When I went deep into her history taking, I discovered that during pregnancy, her mother passed away. Um, her mother had a very severe cardiac event and was in hospital for some time and then ended up being in ICU and then she died. This woman was actually suffering the after effects of grief of losing her mother. It wasn't just intercourse and sex that she wasn't feeling. She wasn't actually feeling anything else. A lot of her mental space was occupied by recreating the events that were happening in hospital and the trauma and the guilt of not being there on time for her mother, the anger she felt against the hospital. All of these issues were complicating the fact that she was now looking after a baby and she wasn't able to be present either for the baby or for her partner because of these issues relating to grief. So I would encourage you to look at your life circumstances and not just the fact that you've had a baby. Everything about how you feel and how you live your life on a day-to-day -day basis can affect your ability to feel sensations. Sometimes you can feel other sensations. For example, the, the lady I know who... Um, had quite a difficult delivery. She had a forceps delivery and she sustained multiple tears to the vagina, needed to go into surgery, had a blood transfusion, had to have multiple stitches and sutures. So there was quite a bit of scarring in her vagina. It took her well over six, seven weeks to actually recover from that process. Now, in this particular case, this lady couldn't feel much in the vagina because her wounds were still healing. 
It was still uncomfortable. Maybe the pain had decreased significantly. But the scar tissue meant that the nerves hadn't regenerated yet. Now, is it true that something like this will be like this forever? No, because the vagina and the, the pelvic area is uh, so rich in blood supply is that the recovery is incredibly fast and both the vessels and the nerves recover quickly. In which case, as long as you continue to enjoy intimacy and engage in intercourse, you will find that the sensations do come back. Um, if you find that you're not lubricating well enough or that you don't get aroused because there aren't any sensations, one alternative is to begin with clitoral stimulation and touching the whole body and focusing more on foreplay before attempting intercourse. Another option is to actually see your physiotherapist and get guidance on what's happening with your pelvic floor. If during your pregnancy and delivery you weren't encouraged um, to manage your pelvic floor, learn how to relax it, learn how to tighten it. And post-delivery, if you didn't get guidance on restoring your pelvic floor tone and sensations with pelvic floor exercises, then your physiotherapist might be able to guide you and also help you with some feedback or with some um, particular techniques and tools that uh, he or she might have that help you get back sensation in your pelvic floor region. One reason you might have lost sensation around the vagina and the perineum is because of the trauma of delivery itself. When the baby's head is coming through the vagina, it creates different kinds of pressures on the nerves that supply the pelvis. And sometimes both vascular and nerve trauma can lead you to losing sensations. This is never permanent, almost rarely. Uh, the, the pelvis, nerves and vessels have a remarkable ability to recover, um, provided you give it some time. So I would encourage you to stay the course, reassure yourself and say things do get better, they will improve and to continue enjoying intimacy and intercourse and remember your body is really smart. What you use gets restored faster. So as long as you're engaging in intimacy and intercourse and using your pelvic floor muscles, the recovery will be much faster than you anticipated. Thank you ma'am, that's very informative. The next question is about loose vagina. And this is from a lady who says, My husband just feels that my vagina gets very loose. I don't feel like I want to continue. And I lose my erection really quickly because I can't feel anything inside the vagina. Can we have anal sex instead? You'll be surprised how often I get asked this question. <laughs> yes, it is very common when you first try to have intercourse with someone who's had a baby that you notice that the pelvic floor muscles are probably not as strong as they were before and that the vagina is a lot roomier. Sometimes it can be the opposite. So, um, for example, one of the ladies I remember who'd come back for her postnatal visit and she'd had um, an episiotomy which had been stitched back up quite tight and it hadn't quite healed. She couldn't actually have intercourse because it was too tight and because the pelvic floor muscles hadn't actually relaxed from the pain and discomfort she was experiencing with the episiotomy that was taking longer to heal. So you can have both kinds of experiences, one where the vagina is too lax and the other where the vagina is actually uh, pelvic floor muscles, not just the vagina, but the pelvic floor muscles are so tight that you're not able to engage in sex. And that's something that we call secondary vaginismus. And both of these can be helped with a visit to the physiotherapist or to your gynecologist who can help you to train your pelvic floor muscles both to, in the first case, to tighten up and become better toned 
so that you can feel something when you have sex and the second one where you actually learn how to relax your pelvic floor from this reactive response uh, which is to the fear of pain um learning how to relax the pelvic floor muscles and then tighten them is an important skill and often many women do their kegel exercises or pelvic floor exercises incorrectly your physiotherapist is your best guide to performing these exercises in a way that restores their blood flow restores restores their tone and uh, the ability to contract and relax on command now the question about anal sex why are you wanting to have anal sex is it something because the sensation is pleasurable or is it just because the grip of the anal sphincter is mimicking what you used to experience before the lady had a delivery more than likely it's the second thing the way to improve the sensation when uh, having intercourse is a to restore the tone and um, strength of the pelvic floor muscles there is nobody else who's going to dictate to you what kind of intercourse you should have and if you want to have anal sex and you're open to it then you should be able to go ahead with consent um some criteria for anal sex is to use plenty of lubricant use a condom and not to mix um, having vaginal and anal sex because the organisms inside um the rectum and anus you don't want them contaminating the vagina or the perineum just some precautions when you're having sex also also to remember is that when a lady's actually delivered a baby it's not just the vagina that stretches all of the muscles that in the pelvic floor that control um the area around the anal sphincter can also be affected so it doesn't automatically mean that anal sex is going to be better it can be just as uncomfortable just as painful and can actually highlight certain problems with holding on to feces and flatus post delivery because of the nerve and vascular changes that happen in the perineum and the pelvic floor so to answer the question directly is that yes you can choose to have whatever kind of sex you want and yes it is possible that the vagina is too lax and that the changes in blood flow and nerve supply to the perineum and the pelvic floor can affect your experience of great sex the man's ability to maintain an erection um you can it can be helped by using your hands masturbating and by anticipating that the pelvic floor is probably not going to be the same as it was before pregnancy and delivery okay yes here is a next question when do i need to start using contraception after my baby was delivered and breastfeeding i thought breastfeeding is good enough contraceptive is it so Well, it depends. Like they say, I recently had a patient of mine come back who was absolutely shocked. I'm pregnant, doctor. I'm pregnant. So how do you know? She says, "Look at my tummy." So when did you do a pregnancy test? Last week. And what have you been doing? Nothing. I was breastfeeding. So I thought I can't get pregnant. The truth is, there are certain criteria for using breastfeeding as a contraceptive, and it's never going to be hundred percent. If you're breastfeeding day and night and you don't have periods then it's likely that for the duration maybe for most women it's about 4 to 6 months for the duration that you're exclusively breastfeeding and you're breastfeeding day and night that this may be sufficient to stop your body from releasing an egg and therefore from you getting pregnant if you're having unprotected intercourse 
The truth is, many women will start ovulating around four to six weeks after their delivery. And if breastfeeding is erratic, like it can be, which means that you either store up your breast milk and you don't wake up at night to breastfeed, but you're giving your baby breast milk that you've stored in the fridge, or you're giving a top feed overnight just so you can get some rest, then the possibility is that you could ovulate well within that four to six week period, in which case, if you have unprotected sex, you can get pregnant. I would suggest that you would, this is a conversation you would have had through your pregnancy with your obstetrician or your nurse or your gynecologist about what kind of contraceptive you want to use based on whether you don't want to have any more babies or whether you want to use your contraception as a spacing method. For most women who are breastfeeding day and night, who are exclusively breastfeeding and don't have periods, um, you can use condoms. And condoms will help you to prevent a pregnancy very efficiently in this time period because the chances of you ovulating is quite low. If you don't mind getting pregnant, then not using any kind of contraception may mean that you do get pregnant within the six-month period, which I would highly discourage, or that you may delay getting pregnant. But as long as you don't mind getting pregnant, then not using contraception is an option for you. There is a wide range of contraceptives that are available for pregnant women and the difference will be based on whether you are breastfeeding or not breastfeeding. If you're breastfeeding, your choices are limited to either the intrauterine device or an implant or progesterone-only contraception, whether it's injections or tablets. Um, if you if you're not breastfeeding, then your choice extends to using the combined pill or using estrogen-containing methods. I would encourage you to discuss this either with your midwife or your obstetrician or your gynecologist before you start having intercourse. What you don't want is to end up with an unwanted pregnancy and then go down the termination route uh, or end up with an unwanted pregnancy that is so advanced that you can't have a termination like what happened with my client. Yes, ma'am. And here is the last question from a lady. She says, I feel an increase in desire. I had a baby about two months ago and I really want to get intimate. But my husband just doesn't want to have sex with me. What might be the problem? This is an important question that rarely gets discussed. Because couples don't often discuss it between themselves and because there's such a big barrier to the emotional construct around being intimate and having desire and then having intercourse. From a discussion with many new fathers. It can be just as emotionally challenging for men when their wives have a baby as it can be for the woman. Um, maybe they're helping out with looking after the baby, so they're also experiencing disturbed sleep. They also have the burden of running the house and maybe going to work in spite of having sleepless nights. So they may be experiencing changes in their own body and their uh, ability to get an erection and maintain an erection. So this is something that can happen simply because they're exhausted. Another thing that's rarely talked about is how they view the woman who's just had a baby. In uh, many psychology textbooks, this can be called, you know, the Madonna and child effect, is where the man looks at this woman who's just had his baby and cannot imagine doing something dirty with her because there's this programming that anything to do with sex or intercourse is dirty, whether it's oral sex or getting aroused and, you know, having naughty times and doing things that are sexual with your partner that you wouldn't 
ordinarily do unless you are in a frisky mood. And the moment they see the woman who's had a baby as a mother, they cease to look at her as a sexual being. And a lot of it is down to programming. Uh, programming of our childhoods and programming from maybe religious texts, programming from family members and maybe even friends who tell you, oh my God, this woman's a mother now. How can she be sexual? Mothers aren't supposed to be sexual because this whole concept that even your mother or your father had to engage in intercourse in order to conceive you can seem abhorrent, even dirty. I have clients come to me again and again who say, oh my God, I heard my parents having sex and it was horrible. I was disgusted. I can't possibly do that. Even logically, they understand that it's intercourse that leads to conception. And that's how a baby is born. That's how you were conceived by your parents. Somehow this misconception that a woman who's had a baby cannot or should not be sexual is drummed into them. And therefore, it may be that he can't see you that way, doesn't, can't see you as an attractive sexual woman that you are and therefore have intercourse with you. The only way to get around this may be to first open up the conversation and actually get to the root of what's causing his fear and anxiety about seeing you as a sexual being. To be able to have a conversation about the changes in your body and your desire for sex and intimacy. Sometimes what you think is a desire for intercourse is actually a desire for closeness, intimacy, caressing, a desire to feel safe and wanted and desired again. For many women, the changes in their body because of pregnancy and delivery can affect their self-image, their body image issues. And having a partner who's willing to celebrate you with these changes is incredibly self-affirming and empowering. Being able to express these needs is just as important as being able to ask for what you want, both sexually, from intimacy, from an affirmation point of view, and from being able to celebrate the body you have in spite of having had a delivery and a pregnancy. You can tell that questions and complications relating to pregnancy and delivery can have a wide range of responses, simply because our minds and bodies are complex. We carry over influences from our childhood and from conditionings from society and parenthood into our sexual selves. Somehow, it's the discussion around these topics and the opening up of questions and answers from real-life couples that makes this possible. Please, keep your questions coming. It's these very questions that allow us to dissect the complicated interplay of emotions and physicality that goes into our sexual selves as we navigate life and its challenges. I want you to celebrate your life. I want you to celebrate your bodies and your sexual selves, which is one of the reasons V for Vagina was born. Remember to like, subscribe and share this podcast with whoever you think needs to hear it. If you'd like to talk to me one-on-one -on -one for a personal consultation, get in touch with me via my website www.drnilima.com and you'll find a button there where you can click and book a slot with me. And I'll be sure to respond to any of your queries. Thank you. Disclaimer. 
This podcast is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's or listener's own risk. The content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.